Welcome to Stories of Recovery, a Mar Recovery Resources production from Mar Addiction Treatment Center. I'm Matt Shebb. In this episode, Jasmine shares about her transformative experience as part of Mar Addiction Treatment Center's Right Side Up program. Before coming to Right Side Up, Jasmine lived in a room where she blocked out all the light. While in treatment, she gradually came around to become a bright embodiment of the RSU principles and way of life. She went on to work as a Right Side Up employee. She regularly still volunteers at groups with current clients. It was Jasmine who began using the phrase, no matter what, with the women in treatment, reminding them that recovery is always possible regardless of what circumstances they're facing. She talks about coming into treatment with her son and how her life has changed since. Jasmine is a living example of the power of recovery and how it can completely transform someone's life. I was real deep in my addiction, very deep in my addiction. And um, I was going back and forth, living from shelter to um, just place to place to place, treatment center, someone's house, someone's couch and everything. But one day I spent the night at my mom's house and I went to her and I told her, I said, mom, I need help. And actually, I had spent a couple of nights, maybe about a week, but I was watching the TV show Intervention. Um, they had it on like a marathon of intervention, and I would just always watch that show and I say, you know, um, I want that. I want what these people are getting. They're, you know, they're deep in their addiction, but then they have these people that come in and rescue them and take them away somewhere. So I went to my mom and I said, please call that show. Please call that show Intervention. I need help. I want help. Uh I'll act like I have no idea when they come, you know, just call them. So, of course, you know, mom, she tries to call them, but it's like no success or whatever. So maybe about four uh, four days, no, four weeks later, about four weeks later, she comes and she says, okay, uh, I found a place and everything. But four weeks later, in my lifestyle, I wasn't thinking the same way I was when I went to her and told her, you know. So I was like, you know, okay, you know, whatever type of thing. And I was kind of considering it because deep down on the inside, I knew I wanted help. I needed help. But when I'm using so strong, that was good to me in that moment. So, you know, she says, uh, she's telling me all about it and I'm kind of listening and everything. And then she says, well, and it's in Atlanta. I said, oh, (laughs) yeah, right. Yeah, you got to be kidding me. Like, there's no way that I am going to Atlanta. You know, that's my out of my comfort zone. I don't know anybody. Of course, my drug of choice is not there. It's uncomfortable, all of that. I'm not going, you know, so I fought it and I fought it. And I think my life was just in a hell hole. You know, my life was just... um, so unmanageable. I did not love myself. I did not care. I stayed in something that I call um, the dungeon. And I would, even when I would go to my mom's house or my ex-boyfriend's house, I would put um, covers over the window so I didn't see the light of day. You know, I didn't want to see the light of day. The only time I would go out was at night to run and do whatever I needed to do for whatever I needed to do and go back to the dungeon. So deep down inside, I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. I was tired of living that way. Um, so, uh, 
it had got to a point where the only place that I had to go was to my mom's house um, because I had just messed up everything else. And she had got to a point where that couldn't even be my place because I was, she would be doing me a disservice if she allowed me to just stay in that dungeon, as I call it. So she said, okay, well, um, it's either go ahead and go back to the shelter or go try this place. And so, um, I fought it for as long as I could, but then I finally gave, you know, I said, okay, I'll go. But in my mind, I said, I'll go for 30 days. In my mind, you know, it's like, I'm going to shut her up. I'm going to get clean and I'm going to get myself together. And uh, then I'm going to come back home. I'm not staying here, you know. And so even when I got here, even when I walked in the doors, like I walked in there with that attitude, I'm here and I'm going to be here for maybe 30 days, just for a little while. I had a plan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had a plan. So when did you when did you come in tomorrow? In April of 2011 is when I came in tomorrow as a client. I took a 23-hour bus ride. So I got to right side up on April the 11th of 2000. No, April. I always get it mixed up. So I took a 23-hour bus ride, and I got to uh, right side up on April the 12th of 2011. But I left Chicago on April the um, 11th and took a 23-hour bus ride here. And I remember when I was walking down that uh, walkway, it was me and my son. I had a little tiny like carry-on suitcase like that with both of our belongings in it and uh, probably $30 that my mom didn't give me until right, literally right before that bus uh, was pulling out from Chicago. That's all I had. And I was... um scared, was nervous, very angry, um, didn't know what was going to happen uh, when I got here. Um, but I do remember that a lady, uh, when I did get here, uh, everybody was happy and like, you know, hey, hello. But mm-hmm. it was one particular lady. She gave me a hug and she welcomed me, you know, and she just uh, she told me that I can make it, and uh, she just was so very nice. And that kind of confused me in the moment, actually, because it was, like, kind of weird almost because I'm from Chicago and everybody's not so just huggable just right away. But that moment, I still will never, till this day, I tell people about that moment. I will never forget. She gave me a hug. She told me that I can make it. Um, as angry as I was, she saw through me. She saw through that, you know, and still loved on me anyway. So that was really special. And did you come in with your son? Yes. So you guys, the two of you were living in the apartment together. Yes. Okay. Yeah. My son, yeah. From day one, he was, I think, three going on four years old uh, when we came into the program. And all that he knew is that he was with mommy. It wasn't that we were in the program. It was just like, to him, it wasn't, you know. He was just with mommy. So what mommy did, he did, you know. (sighs) Yeah, and um, I call my son a meeting baby because Mm. um, all of the meetings that we went to, it was weird if I showed up by myself. Everybody like, well, where's, where's, where's Manny, you mm-hmm. know, or whatever, because he was with me every single meeting. I, like, And then, like, people would even, because I would just show up at these meetings, I would take Marta to these meetings, 
people would just offer like let 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 me help you know and this is some when i moved on to transitional and even after that people would want to help with uh watching him while i was in the meeting you know what i'm saying go ahead and enjoy just because i was putting forth the effort as a single mom people it's amazing how people uh, came around. So mm. I don't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you could kind of just explain for people that aren't familiar with Right Side Up, like the difference between like working on your own recovery and then you're mm-hmm. working on the parenting stuff, how does all that kind of look at Right Side Up? Okay. So, well, I guess honestly, I can say that coming into uh, a treatment program uh, to work on your own recovery is hard all by itself all by itself it's hard now coming into recovery with a child it's even harder because you have to put in double the work but one thing I really do like about right side up is yes I had a counselor um but my son and I had his own separate like um TCC worker or therapeutic child care um worker that worked with the both of us, worked with him, but worked with me to teach me how to be a mom mm-hmm. um, again and to teach me even some of the the basics, you know, that I still remember to this day and was still very helpful, um, would help us to do one-on-one time together, help, you know, give us all kind of activities like where, you know, uh, something as simple as sitting down and doing a puzzle and just spending that one-on-one time. Uh, Something as like far as like maybe going to an outing, like going to a bowling alley, just me and him, you know, or something. They would let us go, you know, just so it's like that, just one-on-one time. And that is so very crucial and so very important because in treatment you can really be, you can, you can, you can get, um, so focused on you and your treatment, but I'm grateful for uh, the love for my son from from the jump. Mm-hmm. So, so you come in and you're feeling like you want to get out of here as soon as possible. When do you start? And but now you're on the other side of it. It's like you are right side up. <laughs> That's right. I am right side up. <laughs> So when did that start to shift? And I I know you were talking before about doing the lists and start to see yourself accomplish more. But when did you start kind of moving from I want to get out of here as soon as I can to like, oh, I kind of like this. And like, are there particular moments that that you remember kind of a light going off? I can tell you this, and I'm going to just be totally raw and Mm -hmm. honest. Um, My drug of choice was heroin. And... The most scariest part of using heroin is it's a physical drug. And waking up every day in my addiction sick, sick, physically sick, um, vomiting, and just wanting to literally cut out my midsection because I was so sick, body aches, sweats, all of this. I don't wish that on my worst enemy, the sickness and the withdrawals from it. Um. But after a while at Rice Out Up, say even through, like it might have been during job search, but I realized like, oh my God, I'm waking up and I can just go to daycare run and I don't have to first snort a line Mm -hmm. in order to even be able to get out of the bed, Mm -hmm. get out of the bed, you know. 
I don't have to figure out who I'm going to go steal from mm. or who I'm going to try to, what game I'm going to talk or what I'm going to do with my body or whatever to mm-hmm. get the next one. I don't have to do that anymore. Like, so it was like the obsession was still kind of there because I'm not going to say it just 100% went away, but I'm not sick today. And I'm enjoying my son mm-hmm. today. And my son wants to actually be with me because um, when I was in my addiction, he did not want to be with me. He would claw and fight and tug and pull to not be in the same room with me, literally. And, you know, when we would go to the different TCC events on the weekends or just him waking up, mommy, can I have this? Mommy, that felt good to my heart, you know. And it's like, you know, maybe my life can get a little bit better, you know, if I just stick around here one more day like all of these people are saying, you know. Um, and I don't have to. if I, And then I would play my tape all the way through. If I go home, then what? Because all of my people, all of my places, all of my things, it's very easy to go back home and give up. It's very, very easy. All I have to do is just make a phone call. And within 10 minutes of me being home, the guy who I was messing with at the time would be right there because most of my life I ran in any situation. I would run, I would run, I would run. And he would always be right there. And But not only would he be right there, he would be right there with my drug of choice. Like, oh, here you go. So because I finally had got to that moment where my son or to that part in my life where my son, I felt like my son loved me. It was like, let me just see. Mm-hmm. Let me just see. And I was just tired. I wanted something different. So at the time when I was in the program, it was mm-hmm. a nine to 12 month program. And uh, so somewhere in that, like, you know, seven, eight months, I started getting nervous because I'm like, oh God, they're going to ask me to leave. I didn't want to leave. Yeah. Because Right Side Up started to become. It was not started to, it was my home, you know, and it was my comfort zone. It was my safety place because, or my, you know, my safe haven um, because uh, I was clean, I was sober, I was a mother, I was starting to love myself again. um, And Right Side Up was helping me to become all of these things. I kept my place clean. We had an RA, the RA, resident manager at the time, she got on my nerves at the time telling me, because I'm six feet tall, and she would tell me to clean the baseboards all the way down there Mm -hmm. to clean the baseboards. And I did not understand it um, at the time, but still to this day, you know, I own my own home. And guess what's the cleanest Mm -hmm. in my home? Mm -hmm. I still get down there and I clean those baseboards and I clean in between the carpet and the wall. Mm. She would always tell me that in my home now. But anyway, back to it. Um, right side up, just it had became like my family, you know. Um, there uh, is one or two people that I'm still very close and connected with also that are like my family today because we we just stay connected. So, mm. And also I was scared to leave because when I leave, like I don't have that sense of uh 
all of the stuff that like we really hate doing, like the paperwork and like the check-ins and the the people watching over us to make sure that we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. It's all on me mm-hmm. when I leave. It's just a decision of whether or not to keep it going once I leave. And so that all in itself is scary because all of my best thinking had got me to right side up in the first place. But the journey of right side up and listening to these people and these people loving on me and just giving me everyday life. Like I like the, the therapeutic value of it that we get to live in these apartments. We get to live with um, just other human beings and learn everyday stuff that we probably did know at one point, but in our addiction, just lost that. Mm-hmm. But right side up, I stayed exactly 365 days. I counted exactly 365 days, one year. But that journey in that year, I say, is the foundation to my recovery. Mm-hmm. Like, you know how they say, you know, a house can't be built on a weak foundation. Mm-hmm. For me, right side up was my the solid rock of my foundation as my foundation Mm -hmm. and I believe without the foundation I wouldn't be where I am Mm -hmm. now and I'm truly grateful to God be the glory but without the foundation of right side up that's why I say I am Mm -hmm. I'll say it to whoever I am right side up because a lot of the things that I learned in right side up are still very present in my life right now. I still do them, still practice them in my life right now. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So when when you leave after 365 days, where do you go and what, what does your, and I know you stayed involved with right side up after. So what mm-hmm. does that look like? What does the transition kind of out of right side up as a client look like for you? So I transitioned to a transitional um, housing program, and um, Right Side Up has aftercare. And I would continue to come to aftercare because it felt like I was still a part of Right Side Up if I came to the aftercare or whatever. So I I came to the aftercare uh, consistently, like I think for about a year. I, I continued to come back to aftercare. And then now one of the things that I didn't say that happened while I was in Right Side Up was these alumni meetings where different alumni would come every week to talk to us and have a meeting with us. And so somewhere around uh, maybe a year after I got out of Right Side Up, I um, was asked by the alumni who was doing it when I was there if I wanted to come and join her um, just sit in with her to do these alumni meetings. And then I, I did that and I did that with her like faithfully for oh, around like maybe three months or so. And then some kind of way I became the person that was actually running the alumni meetings. And so still to me, that was still me holding on mm-hmm. to right side up and giving back what these other alumni had so freely given to us and, Nobody can really, what for me, for Jasmine, nobody can really uh, help me through something unless you've been through it, you know. I, well, let me say, I I can hear a person more and I, 
just really can um, relate to a person more because I know they've walked through mm. my shoes. And so, um, I mean, for about, I think for about two to three years, I did that alumni meeting. Um, I still do it now, but I'm saying for a while it had got down to where, it, like, at one of the sites, I was the only one doing it at that site wow. like for a very long time, faithfully. Um, and why did I do it? Is because I remember what it felt like for me to be sitting. And then so I tell them, I tell them, you know, as soon as I go in there, my name is Jasmine. And I'm a person in long-term recovery. And I have sat in these same exact chairs. And they look, and they're like, what? You sat in there? Because sometimes they, when I was working here at Right Side Up, they would see me there. And they're like, you can't do it. I don't know, giving back, you know, just giving back was just a very huge part after I left mm -hmm. right side up. And it's like I'm still very connected because I'm going to always, some kind of way, be connected, you know, and I'm grateful for my job now. Whatever. I'm grateful for my job now because my job now still allows me to be very connected to right side up, you know, so I still go to right side up in um, other ways as an alumni, but I go to do spirituality now. I go to do different things and I, I don't care in 15 years, some kind of way, I'm still going to be connected to right side up because it's just my foundation mm -hmm. and I like what they're doing. They changed my life. They saved my life. Not they, but the program itself, mm -hmm. you know, it saved my life. And, um, yeah, and I want to see as many women as possible experience the same love, experience the same um, recovery, you know. I, when I talk to Angela G, mm -hmm. she tells, it's so interesting because she tells the same story that you tell of you. she came through the doors and you were the one who gave her the hug which is so beautiful. There's like a symmetry about that. Like yeah, that you experienced that and then you got to give that to, to her. And now she's, you know, she was the, she won the alumni of the year and she's, mm -hmm. she is a, seems to be a great embodiment of what right side up represents. That's now. right. And that's what we want it to be. We want it to be um, like a domino effect, you know, mm -hmm. Each one reached the next one, and each one reached the next one. We might not be able to save everybody, but um, let our lives be living examples and coming back here and showing living proof of what Right Side Up has done for people. Um, the alumni meetings, um, even we now have uh, the alumni association that just got back off the ground, and Angela is the uh, secretary, and I am the uh, vice president, and then we have Tina, who is the uh, president. But we're trying to come together to find ways to 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 just be living examples to the ladies who are in recovery right now, because you know you can talk to a person and say all of this and all of that. But sometimes it really just takes somebody who'd have been right where you are for some people. It just takes like because they say you can really understand me. You can really feel me. 
that's not for everybody, mm-hmm. but that's that's the goal to be like a domino effect mm-hmm. now, you know, and to keep it going. You know, it's not all Jasmine, it's not all Angela, but then it's going to be on to the next person mm-hmm. and then on to the next person. So, and, and we're trying to make this right now. We're 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 really trying to hit this hard so that in ten years from now, somebody else can be hugging somebody at the door, you know, and feel like they can make it because somebody just loved them. Somebody just took time to give them a hug. It don't matter if they smell. It don't matter if they look crazy, hair all over mm-hmm. their head. It don't matter if they have crazy. It don't matter. Mm-hmm. We love you. Welcome. You can make it. It's going to get better mm-hmm. no matter what. Tell us a little bit about the birth of no matter what and how that came into being and what that represents to you. No matter what. So, um, as I told you, you know, I went back and I was doing the alumni meetings for a while over at the Fulton site. And um, those three words just became famous to me. And I would always say them to the ladies um, that you can make it no matter what. Uh, And I would say that over and over and over again. And it started to just really stick in my mind. And then like, so it, it birthed in a, um, in an alumni meeting just to say that. And, uh, then it just grew to, you can make it no matter what you don't have to give up no matter what don't use no matter what, um, no matter what you're, no matter what may be. You can achieve that goal no matter what. Um, you can get your children back no matter what. You're loved no matter what. Um, I mean, no matter what can literally mean something different to everybody. But the main thing is don't give up no matter what. Don't use number one no matter what, you know. Uh and then we even in one of the other alumni meetings, we came up with a hand signal that uh, we all always do. And it's amazing how I can see an alumni in Kroger and we do this hand signal and we know what it means. Like we still recovering, baby. We still blossoming no matter what. We making it through this thing no matter what. Like when I tell you it's. It's awesome. Like, it's like a movement. That's mm-hmm. what I say it is. It's a no matter what movement. And this it's it's a right side up thing. It's a uh, thing that also we're trying to move just, it, it, yeah, we're going to keep it for a right side up thing, but this is a recovery thing. We're mm-hmm. trying to make that a domino effect mm-hmm. as well. Get the word around that, you know, tell that next person that they can make it no matter what. Tell that next person that no matter what they've been through in their past, they can get a job no matter what, because some people feel like they, you know, not good enough or they're not able or um, I failed at everything. I can't achieve. I can't graduate college. But you're looking at a dope thing right here. And I just graduated. And that was a no matter what thing, because I was determined no matter what I was determined to make something different, make something better of myself. Um, you're looking at a homeowner now. That somebody that was going from shelter to a treatment center to somebody couch to the streets and just spending the night in my car. And now, but I didn't give up no matter what. It means so much. It can mean so many different things, mm-hmm. you know. So 
I challenge people and I encourage people to really sleep on that and to really think on that. Um, what is that no matter what? Like, I'm not going to give up. Yeah, I want to leave. Yeah, I, I, I'm not comfortable here. Yeah, these RAs getting on my nerves. Yeah, these people uh, asking me to do stuff that I'm not comfortable with. But no matter what, I came here because I wanted something different. No matter I, I came, no matter what, I'm going to keep trying because I want a new me. I want a better me. I want to be a better mom. I want to be a better sister. I want to be a better daughter, a better friend, a better niece, a better woman. So no matter what, I'm going to put my all into what I'm doing. That's yeah, that's beautiful. I don't know why it's making me cry, but yeah. I mean, I'm so serious about this thing, and I just wish I can get that message to uh, uh, everybody. But whoever it reaches, if it just reaches one person, mm-hmm. and that one person makes it, you know, it's one thing that I used to do when I worked here. You know, I get so excited when somebody make a successful completion, and the right side up staff would laugh at me because I say, "Yeah," <laughs> like real laugh. <laughs> <laughs> because that's a big deal. Because coming through right side up is hard work. Coming through just in recovery in general, it's hard work. And anybody who's in recovery from 30 days to one day to two years to whatever, 25 years, that person will one day, that's hard work for them to walk in that door. That's hard mm-hmm. to say, okay, I need help. Don't nobody just come walking in the doors like, hello, I'm here. I'm so happy. Mm-hmm. You know, some people might, but then that pink cloud kind of mm-hmm. dissolves at some point, you know, it's hard. Mm-hmm. But when we complete, that's like we didn't put in some work. We mm-hmm. worked hard for this. Mm-hmm. I tell the ladies uh, when I go to the um, alumni meetings, I tell them, I say, this is a fight. A fight for your life. Like, imagine somebody with boxing gloves, you know, them big red boxing mm-hmm. gloves. Imagine somebody with boxing gloves and... They're in the ring and they're fighting their contender. They're fighting for whatever they're fighting for. But this treatment thing, it's like the disease of addiction is doing push-ups, waiting on us to mess up. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to put on my boxing gloves and I'm going to fight this Mm -hmm. disease of addiction. I'm not going to give up no matter what. I'm not going to just let the disease have me. So I've got to fight. I'm not going to let this disease win. I want to be a part of the the, um, breaking the stigma, Mm -hmm. you know, that, that... Recovery, long-term, not just recovery, but long-term recovery, it is possible. Mm -hmm. So for somebody first walking in the door, that might be intimidating for them. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, long-term recovery. Okay, but then, okay, but there's somebody with 30 days. You can just make it, if you can make it to 30 days, that 30-day person, you can encourage that person with one day. Then that person with six days, encourage that person with 30 days that they can make it to 60 days and so on and so on and so on. You know, like with the loss of a job. Or with the death of a family member or with, um, you know, just something traumatic happening to myself or to a family Mm -hmm. member. Those are little tests that Mm -hmm. come in that does say, okay, I'm I'm claiming, I'm proclaiming, I'm preaching this no matter what thing. So even though this happened, no matter what, this is hard, but no matter what, I'm still going to keep climbing. Mm -hmm. Keep trying, keep striving to recover. Yeah, it's definitely a test of your faith sometimes with it, no matter what. Yeah, Like if you were to kind of describe right side up in a few words, 
What what's unique about right side up? It's hard but doable. And sometimes that 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 hardness is necessary. But as you stay and you get to know and you listen and you learn from people and you live life uh, with other clients, but definitely the staff as well, Right Side Up becomes um, family. And then after you leave, it's not over. It doesn't have to be over because it's a sisterhood that um, we have. It's a sisterhood of um, community. We try to stay connected to continue to um, build each other up and to hold each other accountable even after, because after is when, um, you know, sometimes we need each other most, Mm -hmm. the most, the alumni. So um, now it's like I look at, especially my alumni sisters as family, you know, um, and that's just what that is. That's awesome. Yeah. And we get new little sisters all the time. You yeah. Know? We get new <laughs> new little siblings all the time coming on in. And so, that, but that's what it's about, you know. Does so. your son feel connected too to Right Side Up? Oh, yeah. Some of the staff, he can, because the TCC workers that, uh, two TCC workers, uh, Ms. G and Miss Elisa, that um, were here when we came through. And it's like they know even right now, what's going on in his life. It's still connections. I send them pictures. I show them, tell them where he's at. I tell them about the little girls he likes. You know, I tell them everything. It's like I stay connected with Mm -hmm. them for his sake. And when he sees them, it's a big old hug. Mm -hmm. Hey, you know, this conversation and all of that good stuff. So absolutely. And he knows Miss Marsha. And like, he's like, you know, he just knows everybody by Mm -hmm. name. You know, even uh, some of the newer people he's starting to get to know because we just stay connected. Yeah. You know? And that's what I tell people at the commencement, um, the people who commence. Um, I tell them, I say, if you ever remember, remember anything I say is stay connected, stay connected, stay connected, you know, no matter what, mm-hmm. stay connected. Um, because that's so important because, and then we as alumni, those of us who are you know, have been alumni, it's important for us not just to um, tell them to stay connected because sometimes that might be intimidating for them because they might not know us all like on that level. And so that might be intimidating. But for us alumni, let's reach out to them, send them a phone. And that has been happening across the board with um, a lot of our alumni reaching out to the people who are just commencing or have just commenced and keeping in contact and even someone who lives in uh, two, three hours away, you know, we're still trying to, by phone, stay connected. How are you? What's going on? Holding accountable. Have you gotten a sponsor? Have you gotten to a meeting yet? Um, blah, 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 you know, uh, but just keeping people connected. Another thing that I wanted to say, this is not about alumni or commencement, but it's about just right side up itself. When I go to the alumni meetings, what I tell the ladies is that right side up right side up is a temporary investment and so what is an investment it's when you're you're putting in something um investing into something and you want to watch it grow and so sometimes you know people have a hard time with the change of life and the change of you know you have to listen to this and you have to do this and so many things that you have to do but this is a temporary investment for the rest of your life 
and say a plant. You plant a seed mm-hmm. in the ground, in the dirt, in the messy stuff. Mm-hmm. You you plant a seed. And then over time, you keep watering that seed. You keep watering that seed and you give that seed some sunlight and you watch that seed grow. And I always tell them it's like a rose, how a rose starts up, balled it up. Mm-hmm. And then you just kind of watch that rose blossom and you watch that seed grow. So invest in yourself. Invest temporarily. Some things like you know, the old people places and things, things you think you're missing and all of that. It's all going to be there and probably still doing the same thing, but invest Mm -hmm. in you. You are worth it, you know, um, and watch yourself blossom. Allow yourself to blossom. Give yourself a chance to grow and to to be that woman, to be that mother, to be that friend, to be that niece, that daughter, um, or whatever it is that you want to be like. That's all, you know, just a temporary investment for the rest of your life. This is a temporary, if I can do this and invest in this, the rest of my life is going to be better. Mm -hmm. Recovery is possible for you, no matter what. Believe in yourself, no matter what. Give yourself a chance, no matter what. Don't give up, no matter what. Do not use, no matter what. Recovery is possible for you. Hmm. Thank you so much, Jasmine. It's always great talking with you. Very nice talking with you. Thank you for even having me. I appreciate it. No matter what, all day long, pass it on (laughs) for generations to come because that's all it's about. If it helps somebody, that's what it's about. Awesome. All right. That's it for this episode of Stories of Recovery. I'm Matt Shedd. Our executive producer is David Tate. Angela Edmonds is our co-producer. If you've enjoyed the show, you could leave us a review or a rating on Apple Podcasts. Um, a couple people left some very kind, warm reviews on Apple Podcasts. So if you want to go check those out, feel free. Thanks again for being part of our community. And we look forward to having you again next time. <laughs>